Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Happy to be here as always, and I'm just excited to be around you guys again. Excellent. I am also joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how you doing? Hey, Henry. How's it going? I'm doing well. Excellent. I can't wait to talk about uh, some Valentine's Day things and probably get embarrassed afterwards. <laughs> yes, indeed. Today is February 11th, 2021, and that means Valentine's Day is just days away. So we thought it might be fun to do a Valentine's Day themed episode. Uh, so yeah, should be fun, should be goofy. Um, but before that, uh, a quick news item that uh, we thought would be worth discussing. You want to talk about this a little bit, Christian? Yeah. So the big news that we've been hearing about lately is about Gina Carano. And Disney has severed ties with Gina Carano. Um, she plays Cara Dune on The Mandalorian and had a, you know, has had a big role in both seasons. And was going to actually get, you know, in talks for her own spinoff. But recently she posted some some controversial tweets. One, one was anti-Semitic on Instagram. And uh, I have a little quote here from a spokesperson of Lu Lucasfilm who said, um, telling The Verge, which is what I'm reading this on, her social media posts denigrating people based on their culture and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. And so because of that, they've completely cut ties with her and she is no longer a part of Star Wars. So what do you guys think of this news? I, I think uh, this is kind of a double-edged sword because one, I obviously that like, gets terrible that she's saying these things. Like, um, looking at the tweets, she said like Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, and it's just like, who the hell writes this? Like, yeah. it's like crazy ass shit. But so it's like you know, it's like I'm glad like Star Wars kind of put their money where the mouth is, and like, and it's like I don't want to be associated with someone like this, you know, to spew so much like hate you know or misinformation but like at the other hand it's kind of like a like ah, fuck i hate sound like like the conservative right but like freedom of speech issue like at what point do, do we like draw the line of like what what you can't and can't post on social media and how that affects you like your overall job title or whatever. I don't know. I'm really conflicted about the issue at hand, but I agree 100% about severing ties with um, with her. I mean, she's a good actress. I like her on this show, but sounds like a terrible human being. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it is pretty complicated. You know, like as much as I disagree with pretty much everything she's tweeted and you know, this latest tweet isn't the only one. There's like a history of really mm -hmm. 
terrible messages she's been spreading throughout the world, right? Um, but as as against all that as I am, you know, it does make you think, you know, where's the line, you know? And I think, I think in this case, uh, you know, Disney did the right thing. You know, Disney is really proving to be very inclusive and sensitive to these sorts of things. And I think that's a good thing. Um, and like I said, I, I think they did the right thing in this case. Um, but yeah, I, I do think about like, where is this all going? You know, like this whole sensitivity culture, cancel culture, whatever you want to call it. Um, like right now, like this move, yeah, I, I think it's the right thing. But I, I just wonder, like, you know, will it go too far soon? You know, um, we were kind of chatting earlier before we started recording about um, the the James Gunn controversy from a while ago um he was also fired by disney for controversial tweets right um and i think a lot of people might be you know comparing the situations right they might be saying well disney rehired james gunn so how come they're okay with him now, but they're not okay with Gina Carano. Like, what's the difference? I think there is a difference, you know, uh, with the, the James Gunn tweets, his tweets were like a long time ago and they were meant to be jokes. Um, you know, very different from the Gina Carano tweets, which I think were like her, her strong opinions, you know, like they, they weren't jokes. She was trying, she was being serious, you know? Uh, so I do think they're different. Uh, but yeah, you know, like I've been saying, you, you, you gotta wonder, like, is it, is, is this culture going to continue to get like more and more sensitive and, um, it might come to a point where people are getting fired for like completely the wrong reason. Right. So it's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a complicated issue. Uh, oh, go ahead, Perfirio. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so um, I think it is important to take a lot of these like these things on a case by case basis, you know, and kind of see what the context is of each situation when it comes to canceling somebody. And so, I think with Gina Carano, like, um, like is you know Disney definitely should have candor. I think I think that like. What she said was wrong, and it was very stupid uh, at the same time. Like, especially if you're in the, you know, the film industry and you're an actor or actress, like, you know, words, words do matter. Or, like, what you post online, you have to always keep in the back of your mind that there is a record of it, anything you type. it's, And so um, Gina Carano's voice, Disney's voice, and, you know, Star Wars' voice are, you know, very widespread and we reach like a very large audience and so disney just they don't want to be associated with that and we don't want to associate disney with that and so like i, I do mean like protecting the brand is, is in a good way and i do think that they did the right thing like i definitely look at you know gina carano very very differently now after seeing these and i don't really 
see these tweets in a very positive light at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I think like Gina Carano, like comparing her to the the two people come to mind when I think about comparing the situation. One is James Gunn, like you brought up, Henry. Mm-hmm. But I feel like James Gunn was joking, you know, like he wasn't. It wasn't meant to be taken seriously. Where Gina Carano, you could tell she was like, "This is my my beliefs," and um, she thought like she could spew it without any consequences. Um, but two, the other person who came to mind was uh, Letitia Wright, um, the actress who plays Shuri from Black Panther Two. Because it was really recently. Also, she was under hot water for posting like some anti-vaccine um, news items on her yeah. social media. Yep. Where it got so bad, like the backlash was so bad, she had to like deactivate her accounts and stuff. Yeah. You know. And I think that's a little different because I think she just like misread the room you know yeah yeah. whereas gina she straight up like was like this is way i think and these are my beliefs you know yeah that's a good point with gina carano she was doubling down tripling down quadrupling down (laughs) she just was not stopping with these crazy tweets right yeah no filter Uh, yeah Uh, you notice with letitia wright you haven't heard a thing from her for a while, right? I think there's a reason for that. Uh, she's shut her mouth. Uh, interestingly, also, we haven't heard any rumors about her uh, taking on the Black Panther mantle either. Right? I think I think Leticia Wright also. She, I think she apologized after for, for like understanding like her platform and what she yeah. was able to do. Like she was able to recognize what she did was wrong and she apologized for it. Whereas Gino's is like more like no, or I don't even know if she's apologized for it or whether or not she still stands a hundred a hundred percent behind what she posted. Um but you know, like I said, I think there's there was just those two are just completely do completely two different situations and like what Christian said, you kinda have like Disney has to take them at the a case by case kind of um basis you know yeah and one other thing i would add the the topic is complicated right like where do you draw the line etc i mean we could debate that all day but what's not debatable is if you're an actor or if you're just anyone working in the business you got to be careful man like the, the ultimate bonehead mistake was was by gina carano like she should recognize in this day and age, you can't be just flying off the handle like that, right? I mean, you would think that actors would have some sort of mindfulness for this sort of thing, but clearly she did not. And um, yeah, I feel like she should have known better, like freedom of speech or not, like you just got to know, like, you know, what's going on right now. You just don't do this sort of thing. And you know, when she got fired, her, her career is like pretty much over at this point. You look back and, and it's, you know, there's no surprise. Like, you know, like it's, it's, yeah, it was a bonehead move for sure. All right. 
So maybe we can move on to a lighter subject now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you want to take it from here, Preferio? Yeah, sure. So like you guys kind of said earlier, it's a few days away from Valentine's Day. Romance is in the air. And, you know, as comic readers and consumers of comic media, we could see it, you know, at, on our screens, at the comics that we read. I mean, we even have, like, certain feelings we have towards these characters, you know? Absolutely. Uh -huh. And so, you know, as we are going to have fun with this episode, things might get a little steamy and hot. So just, <laughs> it's going to be a safe zone for us. Uh-huh. Um, you guys can say whatever you want, whatever you don't want. No one's going to judge you. <laughs> We're already laughing. <laughs> At least I'm laughing. Like I'm, a little, I'm like a teen boy talking about like sex for the first time. <laughs> now I'm afraid of what might come out. <laughs> Welcome to Comic Sauce After Hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess like let's go into our first question. Like who you know with valentine's day around the corner who was your guys's first superhero crush we're getting personal right away here huh let's do it right let's rip right. the bandage right off yeah. right away. okay I, I got a good one um interesting in a couple ways because uh, i'm such a marvel fan my first superhero crush was was in the dc universe um i mentioned before in my younger years i actually started off more of a dc guy um but uh yeah my first superhero crush and i guess i should say super villain crush because uh she was killer frost from the dc universe and uh, she is uh, the arch nemesis of Firestorm. And, um, and to call it a crush, I don't know if I'd call it a crush. I, I, might, I might call it like the first uh, tingly feelings I had <laughs> as a young man, maybe you could say. It, this is a long time ago, man. Like uh, this is uh, during the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths comic series. And I want to say I was in like my early teens and uh, there was a storyline where, uh, you know, Killer Frost and Firestorm hated each other. Like I said, arch enemies. But at one point, uh, Killer Frost is like mind controlled and she actually falls in love with Firestorm. Uh, so there are a bunch of panels in these comics where she's just like, like full on making out with them, you know. And he's like, whoa, 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 what's happening, right? But she's just like, she's like undeterred. Like she just like is that much in love with him. Um, so I don't know that it affected me somehow. Like I was like, I felt like kind of these weird feelings I, I never felt before. <laughs> and I, I liked it. I, I really liked, you know, the way she looked. And I was like, kind of like consumed with that storyline. And I didn't know why. And it was just kind of this weird feeling. Um, but yeah, Killer Frost, um, you know, kind of a, a lesser known character, but I guess she, she's kind of like, 
uh, has equivalent powers to Iceman. You know, she can like uh, create ice and manipulate ice and that sort of thing. And, and you know, it makes sense as being a, a, a villain to Firestorm, like fire versus ice sort of thing, right? Um, but yeah, that's mine, Killer Frost. Killer Frost is a good choice. Um, so oh, not my choice. It, it just happened. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened. Can't deny that that chemistry. Well, exactly. I think Killer Frost chose you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so my my first crush is uh, actually not a from a su- technically from a superhero comic. There is, there is a comic of it, but. Um, so this goes back to what I was, you know, also like a very young kid. And, um, you know, you grew up watching just forget like 90s cartoons on like Nickelodeon Cartoon Network. There's this one cartoon that came on later. Usually when it came to like cartoon superhero action, it was like, you know, Spider-Man, Batman. But then Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z came on later, like mm. later in the day, five and so you know the like dragon ball z is definitely known for like like big men just just like duking it out for like five hour for like five hour fights but my first crush was the character bulma um so another thing that dragon ball z had and actually this is more of dragon ball but was on top of having like action was the humor was definitely a lot more risque than i i was used to when i was like eight you know eight nine ten and like bulma was a character like bulma's a character that uh it's it's hard for me to i guess i guess to explain um but See, we're already know, it's it's definitely now. something I had like I thought in my head, but now that I, like you know you start talking, I don't know maybe maybe it's just the butterflies in the stomach that this yeah. character gives you, you know. Uh-huh. Um, the like, but like I said, the humor was definitely more risque, and Bulma was definitely in in um, much more I guess risque situations than you than I was used to seeing on cartoons and like reading it, you know, in superhero comics, which definitely focused on action. As well, her name is actually it tra- is Buruma, which translates to English as bloomers. Which oh. of course, and so like her name's even like this like this kind of pun, which of course she passes on to her son Trunks, and her dad Doctor Briefs, <laughs> and so because Akira Toriyama loved to do that a lot. And so she was also a nice little, like, kind of, you know, differential character than the rest who focused on fighting, whereas she was, like, the technical genius who would always, like, manufacture things for Goku and, like, like, as well as, like, kind of help him along on his adventure. So I'm going to pick Bulma. There you go. I just... uh googled images of bulma and i have to say your answer is much more disturbing than mine christian <laughs> oh yeah i mean i was like eight. like i mean that's also the thing that's the thing about anime is uh the weebs and like the fans 
I was like, you know, eight to ten. So this was the first time like I'd seen anything like this, of course. And so like it, it's part of what, you know, it, you know, it's just it was a part. It's it's a part of growing up. <laughs> there you go. But hey, it's no a part I remember. No need to qualify it. You know, you do your thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Now, what about you, Porfirio? You know, it's so funny that you say yours was Killer Frost. I would actually have to say, yeah, my first crush on screen might have been Iceman Bobby from the X-Men movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like he was like, you know, it's, it's so weird because, yeah, he wasn't good looking or anything but there's just some like little attraction i felt about him and you know being like oh shit how old was i probably when that movie came out like probably like seven or eight when i was still trying to figure myself out i didn't know what i felt about the character but there was just something about him and later on i don't know i guess like it was it's more like you know like you show like actions speak loud and words i was like okay like Iceman's actually pretty good looking and um, he's not a bad guy, you know. Um, but yeah, I guess I would have to say Iceman from X-Men, yeah. Interesting. Maybe there's something to these ice-related characters. <laughs> I know, ice characters are, I guess, more steamier than the hot, than the one fire yeah. characters maybe maybe there's, there's some weird subconscious thing going on i don't know maybe it's just the color blue <laughs> could be killer frost okay. or maybe so, there's this thing hair. where if you like if you imagine yourself kissing them there would be steam or something like that i don't know fireworks it's, it <laughs> then starts getting hot in there like we said yes <laughs> okay so follow-up question to that do you guys still have your that same chemistry with your first crush? Hmm. Like, uh, well, what do you mean by like chemistry? Like, like, do you still have that like, like how you felt, how you first felt about them? Like, do you still feel about them the same way? Like, oh yeah, I would still totally. I had good taste back then, and I still have good <laughs> taste now. <laughs> or, like. Or have you been like, you look back and you're like, what was I thinking, you know? Um, well, um, I, like, I think one thing I really like, I guess, about Dragon Ball in particular is that the characters definitely grow up a lot more than your usual, like, superhero comic. Uh-huh. And so, um, like... Goku technically like Goku kind of ages, but he's a Saiyan, so he keeps his usefulness. So he he kind of stays like his same amount. But it's cool to see like, you know, the the other human characters kind of grow. And like I said, like over time, like Bulma actually is like quite an arc in the show. Like I said, her son is Trunks, and Bulma builds like an entire time machine. As well, and um. Like also, she's like the character that gets him to space and all that. And so, as well as Mary Vegeta. Oh. And so, um, I don't know. It's something I kind of look back on it and, like, kind of giggle. You know, like, like, oh, ha. Like, you know, 
I was I was into that, I guess, at one point <laughs> in my time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of fun. It's just kind of like, I don't know. It's like a part of growing up and kind of like, it's like this like funny little part of fandom in a way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, I sure hope my romantic preferences have changed since I was in my early teens. Uh, and yes, yes, they have. Like, I, I don't, I'm not uh, obsessed with Killer Frost anymore. Um, but I will say this, you know, um, when I look at, uh, you know, uh, images of those panels from those Crisis on Infinite Earth comics, um, it, it is interesting just seeing them and just remembering, like, how they affected me in my younger years. It's kind of a trip, you know, like, I look back and um, some of those images are just like, wow, I, it just brings up, like, old weird memories, you know. Um, but, uh, but absolutely not, you know, I, I, uh, I've moved on from, from that first crush for sure. Um, Bro, you went from a young boy to a young man. That's right. A refined gentleman who still talks about, <laughs> yeah. you know, being <laughs> obsessed with, <laughs> with uh, <laughs> characters. And, uh, here we are. Here we all are full circle. <laughs> How about you? Um, I, no, I mean, like. I swear he's still pretty good looking. I feel like my taste has definitely evolved. Um, which now, which is a perfect kind of segue into like our next question is who would you guys um, take like on, if you guys, like who, who would you want to go on a date with? And I think, I don't know. I feel like my answer would now be Ant-Man just because he's like really like mature fun kind of dude that's like fun to hang out with and everything and definitely like I feel like it's like a, I feel like kind of like a 180 from Iceman mm -hmm. now just to clarify you're talking about the Scott Lang Ant-Man or the original Hank Pym Ant-Man Scott Lang, <laughs> man, gotcha. for sure. Not, not, not that old and distinguished, I guess. Right? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Uh -huh. Him is not but, a good romantic partner. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, if I were to go, if you, you were to say, like, hey, do you want to, like, go on a blind date with Iceman? I wouldn't say no. I would definitely <laughs> not say no. But I would kind of just be like, um, well, what happened to Ant-Man? How come he's not available? Kind of thing. That, mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But what about you guys? Do you guys have... Well, before you go off that, like, I'm just kind of interested there. Like, um, it seems like you value a sense of humor then because that's, I think that's where Scott Lang really shines, you know, on a date, right? He'd keep yeah, things I, funny. Uh -huh. I definitely, yeah, I guess my taste has... Like, I guess just in people in general, it's just been, like, more, like, sense of personality versus looks. And Scott Lang, he has it all. He's a caring person. He's funny. And, um, yeah. Yeah, that's my take. Wow. That's, that's a bold statement. You know, I know you're a big MCU fan, and 
There are uh, some some uh, pretty appealing gents in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and for Scott Lang to beat them all out, that's that's saying something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, like the other ones, like I don't know, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Chris Peters, they're all like to me, they all. I don't know, they all like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Generic, bland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they're all very, like, one-dimensional kind of people, whereas Scott Lang, he's like, I get, like, a different sense from him. He's different, mm-hmm. which every, I feel like every person says, like, that person's different. <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah. Is it because he's a criminal? <laughs> Could be. Yeah, he's a bad boy. <laughs> a reformed criminal, I will say. Started his own business. I do um, think Scott Lang would be a lot of fun on a date, though. Oh yeah. You know, totally. Yeah, for sure. He's Just definitely like, one of the best dads of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I keep thinking of you know how how much fun he would have with his daughter. You know you know, even confined to his home and everything. Like, he just knows how to have a good time and, and you know, be just a fun guy to be around. Yeah, I feel like a fun first, or maybe not first date, but, like, a fun date would be, like, I don't know, let's go break into, like, some, like, uh, I don't know, like, steal from the rich gives to the poor kind of thing like what you did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that'd be yeah i mean it's like i guess breaking the law but not really because it's helping other people i don't know <laughs> <laughs> cool. um but enough of me now is what about you guys superhero we would want to take on a date that was yeah. the question yeah let's see well um I, I guess I have a couple. I guess my answer is always also kind of like I guess a super villain, depending on how you want to look at her. But I always did like you know like Catwoman. I guess that was yeah. another one of those first crush kind of characters with you know Batman Returns and all that. Uh-huh. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Although I you know I think the Anne Hathaway kind of version of Catwoman. I think I would rather take on a date. <laughs> well, I—I um, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer with that cat suit was pretty. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was—it was. She was nice looking. I'll say that mm-hmm. for sure. Like, but that movie, like, of course, I think with Batman, like Batman Returns, the movie is just so like has that weird Tim Burton kind of creepiness to it. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. like it's got that gothic look to it. Uh huh. Uh, whereas, like, you know, Anne Hathaway is just definitely more sleek as Catwoman. She's more yeah, cool, yeah. you know? She She's mm-hmm. she's the thief that steals from parties kind of Catwoman. Yeah. Now, with someone like Catwoman, wouldn't there be some concern about her criminal past? Like, you know, it's hard to trust her, right? You know, she might... She might halfway into the date, you come she back to the table. The yeah, your your wallet's gone. That's, <laughs> you know? that's the risk. But I guess you know, with all, like, like, halfway during the date, she'll dip and then leave you with a check. <laughs> she, I think she, she would do something like that. You know, she 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 might leave you hanging. But you know, like I'm not I'm not rich like Bruce Wayne, so there's no real reason to steal from me. I'm just oh, there you go. I'm just some guy. Like yeah. Uh, 
and and who knows like maybe she would steal something for me instead <laughs> there we go maybe i would get nice. the priceless diamond that was in <laughs> gotham museum uh-huh well, okay. well, Henry. so for me um first off i want to say that uh I already am dating the superhero of my dreams, my wife, who I get to date every day. Oh, uh, how cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... You have to say that before she listens. Oh, of course. To yeah, you know, because what I'm about to say <laughs> might go terribly wrong, you know. Right. Disclaimer. <laughs> next disclaimer is that, you know, in, in this world of make-believe that we're constructing, um... <laughs> I, I would not stand a, sh- a, a, a chance with this person, but, you know, if we're talking hypotheticals, um, your, your character was a Marvel Cinematic Universe character. Uh, mine as well, the Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. Um, so, yeah, with Black Widow, for sure. Um, a, a character I, I'm interested in, both in the comics world as well as the movies. Um, yeah, like... You know, this theme of uh, of girls in cat suits keeps coming up. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, it's just kind of a, a comic geek thing. We, we just like girls in cat suits. <laughs> and, uh, for sure, you know, that, that the black cat suit, you know, can't really go wrong there. Um, oh, the red hair. I mean, it's, it's hard to top. And you're, you're just talking about like a great femme fatale look right just the look alone you know she's got the guns she's got the the wrist stingers um yeah like i said the red hair the cat suit like yes i mean I, i'm i'm in um uh but beyond that uh yeah i don't know like um i feel like with with uh with the black widow it's kind of like she doesn't seem like she's having a whole lot of fun in her life. You know, she's got that background in the red room background doing a lot of shady stuff. And, um, she's all, she's all business. She's all work. Right. I feel like, you know, she, she needs someone to like, to have fun with and like, maybe I can be that person, you know, (laughs) I could, Uh I could take, I could take Natasha out on a date and, she can finally relax and just kind of be herself for once in her life, you know, kind of silly, but uh, that's what I thought of. Yeah. Also in my research, this is, this is kind of unfortunate, you know, like, um, you know, there are so many uh, characters in the Marvel and DC universes, um, but it's, it's predominantly men, right? Um, shouldn't be a big surprise, but just in my research, I just like the, the lists weren't that long for like uh, female superheroes, right? I was kind of like, wow, there's there's just not that many, you know. Um, I, I mean, if you get really obscure, sure, but in terms of like more well known, it just there there aren't that many, you know. It's kind of unfortunate, and sure enough, I I I bring up like you know one of the most prominent female characters in the MCU, right? Um, but the, the, the other ones that came up were very like uh, kind of girly girl types. Um, 
And um, that seems to be uh, kind of uh, like, like a trend too. Like others that, like other kind of like potentials on my list were like, um, like Kate Bishop Hawkeye um, and Jubilee came up. Um, and th- there are a number of, uh, of, of these types of superhero characters. And um, it just was like, I felt they were, they were like too, too youngish for me, you know, um, and felt like a little bit creepy. <laughs> so I, did, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't put them on the list. Um, but yeah, that, that's, maybe that's another appeal of, of uh, Black Widow. She's kind of, uh, she's been through a lot. You know, she's, she's got a lot of experience and she's, she's, she's not a girl. She's, she's a woman. You know, she's a uh, woman. Yeah. So, so anyhow, that's my pick, Black Widow. Well, have fun, have fun. So, okay. So, I guess this next part of the question that of this conversation that we have is kind of a two-part question. One, with your guys's choice of who you guys would date, what would be like that ideal kind of date, and two since Valentine's Day is just around the corner, what would be the ideal gift to give to that person? So, okay, so I'll start off. Um, Since, I guess, since I'll be on the date of Ant-Man, like I said, I guess the fun ideal date would, I guess, be... uh, I don't know. God, I'd hate to sound that kind of person but like going and meeting his daughter Cassidy that'd be I, I don't know I think that'd be cool I mean I wouldn't mean like to take things seriously but just to get to know him because I know like in the movies Cassidy is like a big um part of his life and it'll be cool to get to know Scott Lane more like that I guess you know mm-hmm. and then a fun little gift would be Hank Pym Particles, if I could get a hold of that, because we could go and like like um, screw things up and everything, create a little chaos. That would be fun. A but, date in yeah. the quantum realm. Yeah. You can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what, what about you guys? Uh, yeah, I can talk about this a little bit. So, um, yeah, I had kind of alluded to it earlier, but um, I feel like with Natasha Romanoff, like she's traveled the world. Uh, she's She's been through it all, right? So what could I possibly bring to the table here, right? And I think it's it's that kind of, kind of like what you're saying earlier, Christian, like I'm just like a regular dude and I can give her that, that, that regular dude experience. Like, yeah, sure. Black Widow has, has, uh, has battled Hydra uh, in, 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 uh, in life or death situations, but has she ever been to an Oakland A's baseball game? I don't know. I don't think so. (laughs) Or, or, you know, (laughs) just, just do like regular dude shit. Right. And, um, and it wouldn't just be like going to the game, but like it would be like um, like showing her how to take score or um, teaching her the chants, you know, all, all the chants that go along 
with the game. Um, just like the regular people kind of stuff. And like I said, like something that would like make her feel like she could kind of finally let down her guard. Like she, she's always putting up a front. She's always pretending to be someone she's not, right? So something like regular people stuff where she could finally feel like, okay, I can just be a regular person finally, right? Uh, so that, that, that would be the date. Um, and, you know, I bring up like a baseball game because I like going to baseball games. But I mean, if she's not into that, like something, the, the equivalent of something, some re- regular person type of activity, right? And then, um, so we talked about like what a Valentine's gift. Is that the other question? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I, I guess the thinking is, okay, what would be like an early date? That would be the early date. And then if we continue dating, uh, what would be like the first Valentine's together? What would be the gift, right? So I think something, again, like along these like regular people kind of lines, I think like like a spa day, you know, like pamper yourself, get get a facial and a massage and spend the spend your day at like a spa, like in a in like a hot tub or something. So um, again, something where she can finally relax and not have to, to play that game anymore or she's pretending to be someone else or fighting supervillains, et cetera. So uh, she can finally relax. That sounds relaxing. What about you, Christian? So I guess, I guess with my date with Catwoman, um, I just thought, I thought it would actually be really funny to, uh, it's like, oh, what if I took her to a cat cafe? <laughs> awesome i know that's very on the nose but i feel you know she's distracted by cute cats everywhere she probably won't want to steal my wallet <laughs> that sounds like the play that's nice. i think that'd be a good first date you know gotham city cat cafe whatever that uh-huh. may be and you could kind of joke about it. it's like hey guess where we're going a cat cafe right you could be the goofy guy all right she'll, she'll get yeah. a chuckle out of it <laughs> That sounds funny. It's it's much more down to earth because if I took her to some like, you know, big fancy party at Wayne Manor, then like one, I guess you know, I'm just some regular guy. That's not me. And right. two, she that's probably where she would steal my wallet and everyone else's wallet in the room and, and, and leave. Like that's where I, she would probably want to take me on a date. I feel like I don't know. Let's, yeah. let's, Let's go to a cat cafe instead. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't out Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, no, right? Never. So why even try? Yeah. yeah. Probably like want to leave and be like to go steal from Bruce Wayne. And later on, you kind of see her in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> now, and that, and that, that just now you're in Christian state. <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, and, so then what would you get her as a Valentine's Day gift then? Okay then. So I th- here I think is the ultimate gift from the DC universe to ever give anybody. So I would show her my burglary skills and I would break uh-huh. into the Fortress of Solitude and give her a vial of this special uh-huh. chemical that Superman gave Lois uh-huh. in the comic All-Star Superman. So basically, you drink the chemical that's in this vial, and you get the powers of Superman for one day. Yeah. And so I would give that as my gift. One also because I was, you know, so cool that I stole it from Superman. <laughs> wow. And, there we go. And two, like, yeah, it's the powers of Superman for one day. 
How do you top I mean, that? Yeah. Giving, although giving it to a, you know, like Catwoman, I'm not sure what she would want to do, you know. She would, I probably wouldn't see her for 24 hours at all, and she would just come back with just like, you know, like the large bag that Santa Claus carries, but it's all like just stolen stuff. <laughs> like, but like, she would love the gift. Yeah, she would right. love the gift and all the, the other gifts it would bring. Exactly. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Nice. Nice. So, you know, we talk about like fun, like dates that we would like to go with these people and everything but plot twist who would you not want to go on a date with who do you think would be like the worst person to go on a date with uh, I definitely got one uh, so uh, actually I think we talked about this a little bit last week when we were thinking of this episode but uh, Jean Grey from the X-Men, um, you know, not, yeah, not, not that she's unattractive at all. She's beautiful, but um, a, a lot of problems with this character. One is she can read minds. That's not good. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't need that <laughs> on a date. Uh, number two, uh, she's part of this uh, love triangle with Cyclops and, Wolverine and both of these guys are kind of unstable in different ways and I just don't I don't need that drama man I don't need like Wolverine showing up at my doorstep in the middle of the night wanting to like slice me in half right so um yeah uh, it's it's a no on uh, on Marvel girl here hmm. Sorry, I was thinking another another character for the X-Men I was thinking of is a uh, rogue Ooh, yeah, um, yeah. I think that, like, oh. just her move set, just like, I don't know, poor rogue. Just like she can only t like an X two. Um, who was she dating at? Was it Iceman that she was she, dating? She was dating, yeah, Iceman. Yeah, but... she was dating Iceman in X two. Yeah, was, you know, I always felt really bad. She had to like, you know, wear gloves all the time and. Like, couldn't really interact with them at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible date. Uh, for me, I would honestly have to say, I think, Bruce Wayne or Batman. Like, because he would always, like, you know, you know, Bruce Wayne, Batman, like, they're so secretive of everything. Like, you can't mm -hmm. break into them. Like, they're always like, oh, and Catwoman would agree. <laughs> uh, they're so mysterious all the time. And, like, then they all go and do their own thing. They ditch you on your date to go and be, be Batman and save this, save the city, whatever. Mm -hmm. And with all the money that's left behind, it's just like, eh, it's not as fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but don't you think ditch you, but Bruce Wayne will ditch you. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> for real? There's probably there's got to be a hundred percent chance that <laughs> it will not end. He'll find a way to call it off, and you'll get a ride home from Alfred. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but don't you think that mysteriousness is kind of appealing? You don't think so? I mean, it is, but 
I I mean like with Bruce Wayne, it's like mysterious is like a hundred percent kind of like thing. I guess that's why I feel like I would connect more of like Scott Lang because Scott Lang, he's like totally an open book. He's like mm. he, he's like so like open and vulnerable. He's not afraid to be himself, which Bruce Wayne has to a certain extent. But I feel like he's only shows it off through money. Like he's just mm-hmm. like, I'm Bruce Wayne and I have this money. And then we actually get to know him. He kind of like disappears because he doesn't want to deal with his like emotional trauma or like he doesn't want people to get to know him, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. Um, it's a lot to handle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just bring it up. I bring it up because uh, that that's part of the appeal of, of of Black Widow to me, you know, that she does have that mysterious side to her. There's like kind of a danger element there, you know, to me, it, it is kind of appealing, you know, like she's, she's had uh, a villainous past, you know, and uh, um, yeah, you know, I think for, for me, it's almost the opposite. So like there, there's a certain appeal to that. So, now that we like did a trip down like our favorite crushes and everything do you guys have like a favorite like comic book couple that you're you guys like seeing on screen or reading about or anything i've always uh i've always loved the classic you know lois lane clark kent and I thought, like, you know, especially in the early, you know, the first Superman movie, you have a lot of the iconic scenes where he's getting interviewed and where Superman turns back time to save Lois's life. Um, as well as um, lately, I just picked up the comic, you know, Super Sons, where you uh-huh. see them like as parents and you kind of see them through the eyes of their kid. Um, let's see, you know, John or no. Um, I forget his name of it because there's many super boys and I'm like, is it John or is it Connor? Um, I think it's John. And so, um, I don't know. There's something always nice. Superman's like a very wholesome character. And because like, you know, it's so old and so big and iconic. There's just something, I don't know, nice and wholesome about it. Uh-huh. What about you, Henry? Yeah. I, I love the Clark and Lois thing. Um, I'm going to bring up the the uh, the Marvel equivalent Peter and MJ. This is the Marvel couple, you know. Um uh comics, movies, it, it's 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 great, you know. Um uh the way that Peter originally met MJ in the comics is super iconic. You know, it's the uh face it tiger. You've just hit the jackpot moment, right? <laughs> and I love that. It's like kind of a like a sitcom-y, Three's Company-esque uh, meet cute, you know? Like Peter thinks he's going to meet this homely-looking girl, uh, but it turns out to be a total knockout, right? Um, and he can't believe it. And um, yeah, you know, like uh, it's... Um, the, the MJ character has been like so integral to, to the Spider-Man character for so long. Um, and uh, yeah, like 
through all kinds of like love triangles. You know, there's, there's Harry, Peter and MJ, and then there's Gwen, MJ and Peter and um, different movie portrayals and everything. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just an iconic relationship, you know, um, in, in the comics, they do get married at some point. Um, I think they have a kid at some point in the storyline. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's like, it's basically the ultimate Marvel superhero couple. So got to represent, got to respect it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Cute. I guess my favorite couple that I would, I like seeing on in the comics is um, Wiccan and Hulkling. Like just as like a, as like queer representation, I think that's pretty cool seeing that. And, you know, just if you read about the relationship in the comics, it's just so freaking adorable. Like it's so cute and adorable. I like reading about them. It just, it's like that little teenage romance that I wish I had seen when I was younger, but, um, really realistic and now that they're like grown up and stuff with like hulkling right now being like the king of uh the kree and um scroll empire and wiccan kind of being seen as the outsider it's kind of weird seeing that being shown in like a queer relationship but it totally works and i uh yeah that's my favorite couple that i i like seeing right now Wiccan and Hulkling uh, of the the Young Avengers, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right on. That's cool. What about, so as much as you, there's a fair couple that you guys like seeing, is there just one that you guys are just like over? Like, nope, I'm done with this couple. Like, makes no sense. You know what, which one has always kind of annoyed me is uh, Black Panther and Storm. Really? Yeah, well, it's just sort of like it, it It smells of like, oh, he's black, she's black, they're both from Africa, okay, of course they're going to get together, you know, like, it's almost like too convenient, right? I love the characters, don't get me wrong, uh, <laughs> yeah. but but I, it just, you know, it, it, it reeks of just like kind of a, a lazy pairing. Too obvious, right? I kind of, I don't know. I kind of like that couple also. Like, I, like you say, it's kind of obvious. And I do think it's kind of obvious, but at the same time, I think it works because, you know, Black Panther's like the king and Storm's like this, like, freaking, like, goddess. And it, I don't know. I see it working, but to each their own. What about <laughs> I, you, Christian? Go ahead. No. Or Henry, did you want to? Oh, just just real quick. It, I, I think it isn't a problem with the characters, per se. It's just that there there were and still are too few black characters in Marvel. So that's true. You know, if, yeah. if there were more, it wouldn't it wouldn't seem you know that that much of like that. It, it would never, it wouldn't seem that convenient for them to be together, right? But the fact that there are so few black superheroes to begin with and they happen to get together is like, eh, really? You know, so it'd just be nice to see more. 
it, it feels like a trope. It seems like like it feels like something we'd see on like TV tropes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Um, I get let's that. see. As far as like one like relationship that I guess I never got behind. I get I guess just because it never really got enough time. It was like probably very underdeveloped. Was always like you know Hulk and Black Widow and Age of Ultron. It's kind of something that just like appears at the beginning of the movie, and then they drop it at the end of the movie when you know Hulk leaves. Hulk fully takes over Bruce Banner and leaves, and they kind of like reference it a little bit in um, Thor Ragnarok, and then when it gets to like you know Infinity War, he just goes, "Oh hi, Nat." And that's kind of all you really see of it ever. Yeah. Like they they never really go back to it, and you ne- like. I think it's because like, it's just it feels like an unfulfilled plot line. It feels like they just kind of threw it together. They knew it didn't work, and they they kind of dropped it. But they've kind of put like enough like hints into it over the course of you know like I just mentioned uh, you know two movies, two three movies actually, but when it comes to Endgame, like nothing you, you never really got any any sort of resolution to that yeah mm-hmm. and so yeah that like i don't think it's a pairing like you know completely on its own if you took it in a in a vacuum battle uh you know i have no problem with it but like um the mcu is really good about developing plot lines over multiple movies usually it just except for that one i guess yeah for for me, I think, yeah, I okay. So yeah, the one that comes to mind for me is my favorite, my least favorite relationship is Harley Quinn and the Joker. Like, I love Harley Quinn, and I think she's freaking amazing. But I hated how people try to like romanticize the relationship between the two because it is very toxic. Like he like abuses her the the whole time and she always comes back to him and everything like yeah it's like she he's always like putting her in harm's way and he's always taking it for granted and then like she always comes crawling back to him and says like oh like he didn't mean it and stuff like that like he'll he still loves me, and I'm just like, I don't know. I just roll my eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh, can you not take a hint, Harley Quinn? He does not love you. He's using you. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. That's how I see it. That yeah, I I can't I can't stand that, and I hate it when people try to like when people cosplay as like Joker and Harley Quinn and be, being like that they're like the it couple at like comic-con conventions so i'm just like do you guys know what you guys are actually like <laughs> doing like are, are you guys telling a message that, like your guys' relationship is not working out like uh i don't know i get really annoyed <laughs> by that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. yeah it's like they're it's like they're saying i support abusive relationships mm-hmm. right yeah. <laughs> i get you I do like how DC has definitely broken Harley away from the Joker, and she's a character that now like stands her own. Like, yeah, I do like that because I guess we all know the Joker's one true love is Batman, 
and it will only be Batman. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but little does he know, he's boring enough. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we have like, we talked about like these like relationships that we've seen on screen. Um, is there a relationship that you guys wish would have happened or um, you guys are just like, I, I could see that happening and I totally am shipping it. Hmm. I guess one, this goes back to um, the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited show, just because I like uh -huh. talking about, you know, Batman so much. Um, especially in this, because that, like, is Batman and Wonder Woman from the show? Like, I think that, um, well... They definitely don't make the great couple, and Batman cuts it off, like, super early before anything gets to development. He has a great line where it's like, you know, you're an Amazon warrior, like, with superpowers. I'm a rich kid with issues. A lot of issues. And so, like, um, Batman is definitely, he's a, he's a character that's always, like, he always has problems with this kind of thing. Like, he never keeps anything steady going with Catwoman or, um, you know, like Wonder Woman, like any of the women in his life, Talia, um, because, you know, because he's just so dedicated to justice and his, like, mission that nothing else will get in the way. But it's always, like, you know, you want to see your favorite hero heroes be happy, like, in a way. Like, yeah. like I said, like, I like, oh, I was like how Superman and Lois... Like I said, it's very, um, you know, like a very heartwarming kind of couple right there. You see them grow and grow into being parents. And so, in a sense, you you want that. You want you also want that for, you know, for your, fa you know, your favorite hero, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Where were you, Henry? Oh, uh, yeah. So, the ultimate ship, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes. Uh, now, quick disclaimer, I'm not talking about the comic book version here because uh, that ship would be pretty creepy because uh, <laughs> their relation started out with Steve Rogers being an adult and Bucky being a teenage boy, right? So we're not going there. I'm talking about the movie version where uh, they grew up together, right? They're like about the same age. And um, dude, I'm telling you, all the signs are there. Like, um, if you compare Steve's reaction to Bucky's death in the first Cat movie to his reaction to Peggy's death in Civil War, uh, I think it kind of says it all, you know, like, um, so after Bucky supposedly dies in Cap 1, um, Steve Rogers is a wreck, man. He, he wants to get drunk. He can't get drunk because of, his, because of his metabolism, but he wants to get drunk. He's totally devastated. Um, you know, in Cap 3, he's definitely sad when Peggy dies, but I don't know. It's kind of like, it felt more like, you know, your sister dying or something, you know. Um, but I, I feel like in the movies, like the love of Steve Rogers' life is Bucky Barnes. You know, like they, they have this relationship that is spanned decades right and he will do anything for him right like in cap three he, he becomes a fugitive 
to go after Bucky, right? Um, and uh, and it's not all one-sided too. I think with with Bucky, there's a kind of funny thing where he's kind of jealous of the relationship that that Cap and Falcon have. You know, it's supposed to be kind of like goofy, funny, but I think there's something there too, you know, like he's jealous of that relationship, right? Like, hey, who's this new guy? Like, I'm your best guy, right? Um, so like all the signs are there and um, it's just, a, it, it's it's a bond. And you know, even they even have the thing of, uh, uh, I'm with you to the end of the line, right? They have that, that, that saying. And um, yeah, I think it's just, it's just a, a super strong, uh, friendship that could easily become more than that yeah. I mean, like if, if that sounds love then i don't know what love is exactly, like. exactly. <laughs> uh -huh. well said so my uh couple that i would ship that never i honestly was blindsided that i thought would happen would be um daredevil and claire from the Daredevil series. Mm. I thought in season one, I thought that was totally going to be like, that was going to take off, you know? And um, then what comes in Luke Cage, Luke Cage and Claire actually become a couple. And I was like, what? Right. What? You're stealing Daredevil's girl. Like, <laughs> I don't get this. I do not get this. And then um, what was even more confusing, Daredevil and uh karen right that's her name right mm -hmm. karen page they become yep. a couple right they did yeah that one i thought was way more confusing so i was just like <laughs> i was like i love the netflix marvel universe but this is something that they got wrong the couples being linked together <laughs> like daredevil should have been of claire and i don't know maybe karen and foggy luke cage and jessica like, I was like, what is happening here? Am I not reading the room right? Like, <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> Daredevil is with Elektra at some point, too, in uh, season two. That's right, right? yeah. yeah. Right? Uh -huh. Stay away from Elektra. Yeah. Uh -huh. that's, a, that's a good one. I kind of forgot about that relationship. That's, that's a pretty solid uh, superhero relationship also. It's like the girl that you can't get out of your head like the girl you're not supposed to be with she's nothing but trouble but you just you can't let her go yeah. what about so is there you know we talk about some of our favorite couples what about like a three-way like the best love triangle is there one that you guys like like seeing or Hmm. Best love triangle in a suit in like superhero comics. Um, let's see. Like, I think you know the the Jean Grey, Cyclops, Wolverine kind of love triangle you saw you know in the um, I guess the Dark Phoenix comics. Yeah. So not the movie, but uh, the movie X Two. Um, that was always great. Um, and let's see in the con, like there is also, of course, you know, Peter, MJ, Harry, 
there's always that love trying. Of course, it was definitely uh, butchered in Spider-Man Three, but you know, in the comics, it's always great. Um, and you know, Spider-Man One and Two, of course. I was I always enjoyed that. M yeah. You know, minus a few cheesy scenes here and there, as to be expected. Uh, you know, of the Raimi movies. What about you, Henry? Uh, yeah, it's funny, Christian, you brought up the Spidey love triangle of Peter, MJ, and Harry. Um, but I kind of prefer the other Spider-Man love triangle, which is Peter, MJ, and Gwen Stacy. You know, that, that, was, that was definitely a thing um, in some of the comic storylines. And um, a part of it is a sort of male fantasy of like this nerdy guy who has like these two incredibly beautiful women wanting him, you know? Um, but I think it's kind of cool because it's sort of like um, two very different types of women. And it's sort of like, um, like, oh, are you an MJ guy or are you a Gwen Stacy guy, right? Um, you know, I think Gwen Stacy is more the good girl, more wholesome type, and MJ is a little bit more the party girl, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, the, the, the questions that, that Peter asks, you know, himself are the questions that we ask ourselves, like, oh, would you go for this type or the other? Um, and, uh, I think it's cool. You know, it's, it's like, um, uh, like the, the age old question of like, uh, which what's your type you know um i remember like i think i mentioned before i'm a fan of that show mad men there's an advertising campaign they wanted to run in the 60s it was are you a jackie o guy or are you a marilyn monroe guy you know kind of kind of a similar sort of thing right um kind of like twilight team edwards and jacob <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. But you said it, <laughs> but yeah, in that vein, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, one of those age-old questions, you know. Um, yeah. And it's like you know, taking a personality quiz on social media or something. Like, who would you go for? What's your type? You know. So it's just kind of uh, uh, reflective of of uh, of who we are. I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like those kind of like love triangles definitely like make you more invested in like the storyline. At least mm -hmm. like just it gives a little bit more drama. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I guess my favorite love triangle comes from the Harley Quinn animated show, like with Poison Ivy, her fiance Kite Man, and Harley Quinn. Just because, like, in the show, Poison Ivy and Kite Man, they're engaged. And then here comes Harley Quinn, where she kind of, where she does, she does sleep <laughs> with Poison Ivy. And then Poison Ivy kind of gets confused. She doesn't know if she wants to be with Kite Man or wants to be with Harley Quinn. And, like, both characters are, like, like Kite Man finds out that like Harley Quinn um, likes Poison Ivy also so they're both like competing to try to get like 
win her attention and whatever. And it's it's really cute. I just think it's really funny and different than like the typical like or at least what I'm used to of like MJ and some other guy and Spider Man, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. That's my pick. <laughs> um but yeah, let's see. So we talked about our most favorite French favorite ships, favorite couples and everything. And obviously like when you watch a movie or read a comic, there's always like a big romantic storyline involved that just gets pushed in because it gets pushed in. Is there a favorite like romantic storyline that you guys like from either the movies or the comics? Uh, there's one I can think of. Um, you know, I was brainstorming a bit about romance in superhero movies and you know, uh-huh. there really aren't a whole lot of them, you know? Um, and uh, a couple came to mind. Uh, the first Superman movie, it definitely has, you know, some pretty iconic Superman and Lois Lane romance moments. Um but I think a big one also is Spider-Man Far From Home. I think in the end, that, that movie really is more than anything about Peter and MJ getting together. You know, it's, it's kind of more of a uh, romantic movie than an action movie in a lot of ways. Um, it starts off with Peter trying to figure out like how to get to know MJ better. And it ends with them, you know, kissing on you know in london right uh so you know uh with with all the the mysterio cgi effects and all the action moments um in the end it was you know a story about teenage love so i think that's pretty cool um and and in terms of uh just like singular moments i think yeah that ending uh on the bridge where they've just defeated Mysterio and they're kind of having that awkward moment, you know? Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty cool. My pick, you, Christian. my pick is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. That's true love. <laughs> when, when you have to fight seven of, you know, your, the evil exes of the girl you want to date, like that's some dedication as well as earning the power of self-respect along the way. Absolutely. That's like, that's like couple goals right there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Have giant video game battles with uh, the League of Evil Exes. Hell yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because, well, A, I love that movie, but also, you know, we haven't really talked about indie comics so much. And I think with with indie comics yeah there's definitely more room for uh this kind of material right um it doesn't have to be geared towards kids as much um you can get into um relationship storylines and that sort of thing and yeah scott pilgrim absolutely deals with relationships a whole lot and ultimately yeah a love story 
For me, I don't think you guys would understand the references, but from, oh my gosh, my favorite, like, romantic storyline would have to be from, like, Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Fitz and Simmons. Like, they're, like, the romance they have for each other is, like, relationship goals right there. Like, they go, like, travel across literal time and space to be one another and it's just so freaking adorable i'm just like ugh, my heart aches because of how cute it is but um yeah I, that's my favorite storyline from that tv show nice um but yeah i think we're Pretty much done with our thing. Christian Henry, is there anything you guys want to add? Yeah, I don't know. This is a bit an interesting conversation for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say uh, I think it's good we we had this conversation just because I think it's this is part of geek culture too. You know, like yeah. I think. Maybe it's not the first thing you talk about. Like the first thing you talk about might be, okay, who would win in a fight? Mm -hmm. Superman versus the Hulk or, you know, very kind of hyper masculine kind of inquiries like that. Right. Um, But but this is a big part of it too. And uh, I'm glad we kind of started off with that. Like who is your first superhero crush? Because, you know, with, uh, with comic geeks, you know, just, just like fandom in general, everyone has, has has that right like the everyone has that fictional character you kind of become obsessed with right uh, that's that's kind of in our dna i feel like and um again something maybe we don't talk about as much as like as, as the battles and and the who's more powerful this sort of thing um but uh i think we we've all had these sorts of thoughts and had certain feelings about certain fictional characters. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, but, uh, you know, ultimately, I think it's part of us. You know, I, I think we can't deny that um, our obsession with a lot of this stuff isn't just like, um, you know, on a, oh, I love watching these movies. It gives me a visceral thrill level. Like, I think there's a little more to that, you know, possibly creepy possibly a little weird and and uh there's more to it than just that surface level right so uh, i'm glad we got to explore that a little bit yeah i'm I'm kind of really happy we did get to have this kind of conversation because like yeah like we said there's more to like comic storylines and just like revenge and like blowing up and explosives you know like romantics there's there's a lot of romance and stuff that we don't talk about because I guess like some, or at least, yeah, like it, it can be like too like in your face and annoying and unnecessary, but it's still fun, you know, to talk about yeah. like, dude, this could have happened or like, Oh, that couple's cool or relationship goals kind of thing, you know? Uh, that's a good um, way of putting it. It's part of the fun, you know, it's like, yeah. You know, it's it's definitely part of why we love this stuff. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Anything you want to add, Christian? Like, before these kind of things, they help develop our favorite characters. Like, like I said, for Batman, it shows like you kind of see like uh, some of his big weaknesses, and like you get to see like more of the characters you love and get like you get more invested them in them in a sense than if it would just be you know like someone's holding the the city hostage you have to you have to defeat them and then that's it you go home and that that's the story yeah yeah definitely that's a great point yeah it it can humanize these characters like um yeah, humanism kind of make them relatable in a way. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like a character like Wolverine, um, if he was just like rage and violence and killing, um, he probably wouldn't be as relatable, right? Like the fact that the, he has this soft side for Jean Grey, you know, people can relate to that. You know, like, oh yeah, he 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 does, he does have a heart, right? So yeah, there's definitely something to that. All right, with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry, Porfirio, and Christian. <laughs>